Welcome to the Discipleship Now podcast, hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner, an author, ordained minister, and father of three. Dr. Turner has pastored, held multiple ministry leadership roles, and currently serves as the Mission USA Administrator of the Congregational Holiness Church. In each episode, we'll dive into different aspects of discipleship, sharing personal stories and experiences, as well as insights and teachings from the Bible. Our hope is that this podcast will serve as a source of encouragement and inspiration for all who listen, whether you're a seasoned Christian or just beginning your journey of faith. So, Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join Dr. Matthew Turner on this journey of discipleship. How could Jesus speak 10 simple words to two teenagers on the side of the Sea of Galilee and those two boys decide in a split second to drop everything, their jobs and their direction for their life, and begin to follow someone they didn't know very well? But then I remember, I did the same thing, and I bet you did as well. Hello, I'm Dr. Matthew Turner, and welcome to Discipleship Now, where we will dive into life, family, and ministry through the lens of biblical discipleship. And in this episode, I want to dive into the second part of the first chapter of my book, Follow Him. And I've come to deeply appreciate the 10 beautiful and simple words that Jesus spoke to Peter and Andrew. Now, I believe that those words have meaning and lessons for us to learn from today. I remember well when I heard the voice of the Lord as he spoke to me, something similar to the way he spoke to Peter and Andrew. It wasn't the exact same words, but it was like them. I was 13 years old, and I was invited to a youth retreat with some friends. And we went to Pigeon Forge, and we really had a blast. It was really a great trip for a bunch of young teenagers. And I I remember one particular night, the youth pastor every night had some crazy game or challenge for us students to be involved in. And this particular night that I remember so well, he had a Happy Meal from McDonald's that was sitting next to him and then a blender. And he took the hamburger from the Happy Meal, the fries, and the Coke that came along with it, ice and all, and he put it inside that blender, and he blended it up into this gelatinous mess. It was this pink, thick, uh, Happy Meal milkshake, if you will. And then he got two volunteers, and I certainly was not one of them, but he got two volunteers to take a cup of this gelatinous mess and tried to drink it as fast as they could, and the first one to get it all down won some sort of prize. I don't remember what it was, but I most certainly am sure that it was not worth trying to drink uh, this cup of Happy Meal milkshake that he had prepared. There were all kinds of things like that in that particular weekend that I remember, but most importantly that I remember from that amazing week of worship and fun The youth pastor asked the students to spend a few moments in prayer each night before service, and he would challenge us to come in to the place where we were using as a a sanctuary, and they had chairs set up, and he just challenged us to come and find a chair and, and bow down or sit down and just spend a few moments in prayer before service. And I tried to do that most nights, and one particular night that I went to the sanctuary and bowed down at that chair, and as a 13-year-old, 
could, I just prayed, you know, Lord, I love you. I I hope we have a good service tonight. Um, and God, I, I want more of you. I, I want to know more about you. I want to get closer to you. I don't exactly remember all the specific things I prayed, but I do remember this. I heard the voice of the Lord. Was it that I heard him with my natural ears? And we talked about this in a previous episode. It was something down on the inside of me, something that I felt in my spirit, in my inner man, that I felt the voice of the Lord. And it was simple, it wasn't a mystery or some tri- some sort of riddle that I had to figure out. No, it was just simply a voice from the Lord that said, I want you to preach my word. And I didn't understand everything in that moment, but I knew that God had spoken to me and that he wanted me to preach his word. Have you ever had an experience similar to that? I bet you have, or if you have not, I know that God desires to speak to you, just like we talked in the last episode. God wants to speak to you. The first word that Jesus spoke to the two young men in Matthew 4.19 was the word follow. It's so interesting to me because if I was going to choose 10 words to try to use to convince someone to drop everything that they were doing and to do what I ask, I'm not sure that speaking to someone or commanding someone to follow me is exactly how I would begin. Think about it for just a second. What if a stranger came up to you in Walmart and out of the blue, you didn't know who they were, where they come from, but just out of the blue, they asked you to follow them. That's all they might have said. Follow me. What would you have thought about that? What would you think about someone who came up to you and said something like that? Do you think that your reaction would be to set the milk and the bread down that you had just picked up to take home to your family and begin to follow this stranger? I don't think anybody, any of you that may be listening, could imagine a scenario where you would react like that. This makes me believe, and it makes me know, that there was something more to what happened when Jesus spoke those ten words. Something that's not explained or recorded in Scripture. Now, don't, go, don't get me wrong. I don't mean that Jesus said more than what is recorded in Scripture. But I think something unseen, something unheard, must have taken place. Do you remember after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he appears to two men walking on the road to Emmaus, and he asks them what they were talking about. And their reaction was really quite funny when you read Scripture. They say to Jesus, this is Luke 24, they say to Jesus, are you the only one in Jerusalem? Are you the only one in Israel that doesn't know what's happening? That that Jesus of Nazareth was was killed, and then all of a sudden, three days later, they go to prepare some spices and to place on his body, but he wasn't there? Are you the only one that doesn't know? It's so interesting to me that somehow Jesus shrouded himself in some sort of mystery. I don't think he had a mask on. I just think that somehow in his power and somehow spiritually, he caused these two men whom he was talking to to not recognize who uh, who he was in that moment. So they say, are you the only one that doesn't know? Can you they begin talking about all that has happened, and they kind of explain the story of how Jesus was arrested, how Jesus was tried, how Jesus was hung on the cross, how he was killed, and then how that his body went missing. And Jesus, again, Scripture is just quite funny. 
if you think about it, Jesus turns to him and says, you fools, what are you, what are you talking about? You don't understand what happened. Has the scripture for thousands of years not explained what was supposed to happen to the Messiah, to the Son of God? And the Bible says that Jesus, beginning with Moses and the prophets, began to explain. He went back to the basics. He went back to square one from scripture. And he begins to explain from, from day one uh, God's plan of bringing the Messiah into the world. And not just bringing the Messiah in the world, but then all the things that he would endure the things that he would go through, how that he would take sin upon him, the sin of the world upon him, and that he would be killed and most importantly be raised from the grave three days later. Jesus, I could just see him bury his head in his hands and think to himself, I cannot believe I'm having to explain all of this after I just lived what Scripture has foretold for thousands of years. But he did. And the Bible says that they continued walking, and Jesus kept talking, kept talking. The Bible says that they arrived at the city that they were going to, and the two people, the two men that were they, that Jesus was speaking to, they asked Jesus to stay with them, and Jesus obliged, and he went to their home or some place, and they sat down to have a meal. And the Bible says that Jesus took some bread. Again, this is all in Luke 24. Jesus took some bread, blessed it, and broke it. So, so amazing. The Bible says when Jesus broke the bread that the eyes of the two men were immediately opened and they realized who it was they had been speaking to all along, who it was that was sitting across from them, who it was that had just prayed to bless the food, who it was that just broke bread in front of them. They realized who it was and Jesus in that moment vanished. And then those two men look at each other in amazement, in awe, in, 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 a, in a state of shock. And Scripture records, Luke 24, 32, and they said, Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the, the Scriptures to us? Did you catch what they said? They said their hearts burned. Burned. Did did they see their hearts burning? Is that how they knew what was happening? No, certainly not. Did they smell smoke of something that was set on fire, something that was burning? No, again, certainly not. Yet they felt this immense, yes, kind power eluding out of the mouth of Jesus as he spoke, and it caused their hearts, their spirits, something down within them to become so excited so alive that they described it as a feeling of their hearts burning. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? Jesus would be sitting there speaking to them. They're sitting on the edge of their seat, soaking in every word that Jesus was saying as he explained the scriptures, as he talked about the prophecies in the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. He's explaining all of these things. They're sitting on the edge of their seat just begging for more. Don't stop speaking, Jesus. Please come and sit with us and have dinner with us tonight. And they're sitting on the edge of their seat because their hearts are burning. They, Their spirits are alive. They're engaged. They, they're excited about what they are hearing, and they express it by saying that their hearts were burning. Now, when we think about something burning, we normally associate being burned with pain, right? We know that if we stick our hand in a fire, it's going to hurt. 
And if you leave it there long enough, some serious harm, even life-threatening harm, could come to us if we stick our hand in a fire long enough. But when these men began to speak of their hearts burning, it wasn't a painful sensation. They were describing something that excited them, something that they loved, the feeling that they got from listening to the words of Jesus they desired more than anything. Their hearts were burning. They loved hearing Jesus speak. This is why when they got to Emmaus, they asked Jesus to come and eat dinner with them. They didn't want him to leave. They didn't want this situation to change. They wanted Jesus to stay right there with them for as long as he possibly could because their hearts were burning. They were hungry after Jesus's words. They wanted what Jesus was speaking and saying and the power that was coming from him. They didn't want to miss a, a drop of that power, a, a moment of that amazing um, uh, power that was coming from Jesus. They didn't want to miss it. They heard the words of Jesus, and it was words steeped in immense power. And this really helps me understand what could cause Peter and Andrew to react the way that they did. Because any other kind of way makes no sense to me. Why would Why would Peter and Andrew, indeed the all the disciples, why would they drop what they were doing, leave their professions, leave their families and their plans and their futures that they had thought about up until that point, and just begin to follow Jesus after 10 simple words were spoken to them? It helps me to understand, Luke 24 does, what happened in Matthew 4. When Jesus spoke the very first word to the two boys on the Sea of Galilee, on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, it grabbed Peter and Andrew's attention unlike anything else or anyone else before. Their spirits, their inner man, heard the creator of the world speak to them, and the boys felt immediate burning passion coming from Jesus, and they felt it inside them, down deep in their spirits, in their guts, in their hearts, however it is you want to explain it. They didn't understand everything that was happening. They didn't realize what was going on. And they certainly didn't know what the future held for them. They didn't know where they were going to be going if they followed Jesus. Jesus did not explain a lot of things in that first couple of moments that he spoke to Peter and Andrew. He didn't explain anything, really, other than, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He, he didn't really explain a great deal to them at all. But in those 10 simple words, and I believe in that very first word, that Jesus spoke to Peter and Andrew, something within them came alive. Something within them ignited, just as those other two men in Luke 24 described that their hearts burned. Something within Peter and Andrew ignited. It came alive. So when Jesus simply called to them, follow, that was enough for them. They didn't have to hear anything else. I believe that if Jesus just would have said, follow, there was so much power, so much glory in that very first word, that very first interaction, that that was enough. I think that so often you and I, we wait for God to write something in the sky, not just a command, but we so often want to wait for God to explain the whole story beginning to end, uh, share all the ups and downs, the crooks in the road, the bends in the 
in the river, so to speak, all of those analogies, so often we want everything laid out before we say yes to Jesus. When Jesus is asking us to trust him, when Jesus is asking us to just follow him based on what he's already spoken to us, just come with me, Jesus tells Peter and Andrew. Just come with me. Jesus would spend the next three and a half years with Peter and Andrew and the other disciples, and a great deal would be explained to them. They would experience a whole lot of wonderful things. They would experience more in three years than they could have done in a lifetime, in multiple lifetimes, without Jesus. And that is the same for you and me. With Jesus, we may not fully understand everything. As a matter of fact, you won't, I won't understand everything that Jesus has for me or wants me to do at the very beginning of the journey. There's no way that Jesus does that. He doesn't do that in any scripture that you can find in, in, in all of the Bible. He doesn't do that. What he does do is he asks us to follow him. And we have to decide that that's enough and that we're going to trust him. So have you decided to follow Jesus? Perhaps you've never given your heart to the Lord. Can I tell you that today Jesus is calling out to you, follow me? Or maybe you're, you're listening to this and you've been saved and you've said yes to the call that Jesus has placed on your life, but you've never begun to walk in that calling. You've never begun to, to walk in the calling that God has given you. Maybe you've never said yes to the call. Can I just encourage you today that Jesus is also calling out to you just like he did to Peter and Andrew where he said, follow me. I hope that something that has been said in this episode has encouraged you and I would love to connect with you. So please reach out to me on my website, MatthewRyanTurner.com. If you're enjoying Discipleship Now, please rate, comment, and share this episode or this podcast with any of your friends and I would love to connect with them today. If you're interested in my newest book, follow him. You can purchase a copy wherever books are sold and also on my website as well. So until next time, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Discipleship Now podcast hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner. We hope this episode has encouraged and inspired you on your faith journey. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others who might benefit from these conversations. Until next time, keep seeking Jesus and growing in your discipleship journey.